welcome back to the I'm Book Podcast. I'm April O'Leary, the founder of O'Leary Publishing. And today I'm super excited. We have Matt Tracy, author of Natural Orders, Email Marketing Automation Strategy for Small Online Business. He has been in email marketing automation for over a decade. He has a background in ecology and he is an expert at building systems designed for growth. His uniquely designed framework currently generates millions of dollars in revenue for small online businesses. So guess what? If you are an author, you have a business, a book business online, and his email automation strategies are something you are going to absolutely want to hear and gain value from today. I encourage you to purchase his book and listen to the advice. We get a little bit technical at the end of this episode, but for those of you who are on any point of the journey of building an email marketing platform for your readers, you will want to hear what Matt has to share with us today. Let's hop on in. Before we go into this episode, I want you to hop on over to O'LearyPublishing.com because we have a brand new website and a brand new author adventure for you. On the homepage, you can customize your author map. Each step of the way, you'll be guided with a short video instruction from me. It's totally free and you can see what it would look like for you to get started writing your book today. And at the very end, you'll get a customized email with a special surprise and I cannot tell you what it is. Plus, you will get a video thank you from me as well and a chance to schedule a publishing consultation. So I look forward to chatting with you, to seeing how you map your author adventure at O'LearyPublishing.com. Go do it. I dare you. Good afternoon. Welcome back to the I'm Book Podcast. And I am here today with Matt Tracy. And we were just laughing because he's actually all the way around the world. And for him, it is morning. And for me, it is evening. So thank you for getting up early to be on this podcast with me today. Uh, No dramas at all. Pleasure to be here. I'm a bit of an early riser anyway, so it suits me fine. All right. Perfect. I love that. Me too. Even though I was looking for maybe I needed one more cup of coffee um, this afternoon and I missed my window. But anyway, so one of the things that Matt is here to talk to us about today is email automation. He's an author. And as you heard in his bio, he's done a lot of fabulous things. And for most authors, the creativity of writing a book and putting together thoughts into a format that's readable is not actually the really difficult part, not to take anything away from authors, but it's what happens after the book and how to build an audience and how to use email in a profitable and productive way that is a mystery to most people, but Matt's here to talk with us about that. So how did you get into using email automation in your business life before becoming an author? What did that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a big question, but basically, yeah, my marketing career began when I was over in the States uh, quite a few years ago now. And I started working with a guy who was actually an author himself. Um, I was living in San Francisco. Um, I was reading his blog and he kind of gave me an opportunity to um, work with him. 
And look, I did all sorts of stuff over the years, like tech adjacent online business stuff, like software as a service, e-commerce, uh, even help launch a hedge fund. And you, you'd learn a lot of different digital marketing tactics over the years. But, you know, for me, the one that stood out as being the most effective and the highest leverage for a lot of reasons was email marketing. So, you know, it would have been five or six years ago, um, if I look at the whole career, that I went really deep into email. And I was like, okay, this is where, this is where I can really focus on being the guy. <laughs> and <laughs> like I said, I did that for a few different industries, but I mean, my bread and butter has always been authors. I mean, that first guy I worked with was an author. I've had, um, I kind of had different authors I worked with over the years. And it was only pretty recently that I really doubled down on that. And I started doing email marketing specifically for nonfiction authors and helping them make sure that the people who read their books and subscribe to the email list um, aren't falling into all of the typical problems that people tend to fall into with email, <laughs> which we can get into. Um, yeah, just helping them manage it better and uh, more than anything, take it to the next level. So a, a lot of people know the basic stuff they should be doing with email or they have a, a broad idea of what they should be doing with email, but they don't really know what an advanced email setup looks like or what goes into that. Well, let's start from the very beginning because I don't want to make any assumptions for anyone listening here about when you said most people know what to do with email. I know plenty <laughs> of authors that do not know what to do with email and they get set up with, let's say their first free chapter opt-in and they get an email autoresponder set up and then that's the end of the story. <laughs> okay. Uh, so from, from a very, very basic first, you know, kindergarten level email marketing <laughs> setup. What do you recommend? What are some of the mistakes people make or some of the things that you found that people assume are true and they're not true? Mm -hmm. And uh, hey. things, maybe ideas we need to abandon when it comes to email marketing. Oh, that's a good one. Hey, I'll tell you what, if you're setting up an opt-in with a free chapter and you're setting up an autoresponder, that, there's different levels of beginner, right? I'd say that's towards the more advanced side of the beginner level. That's, a lot of people aren't even doing that, right? So okay. um, taking it back to the kindergarten level, I would say, hey, if there's one um, shift that you can make that will transform your email at this early stage, it's don't spam people. I know it sounds obvious, but don't always, every email you send provide value, right? If you just make that little switch in your mind from, Hey, I've got to sell to these people. Hey, I've got to sell books to these people. I've got to sell courses. I've got to do whatever. Don't think about that stuff at all. Just think, okay, this person's read my book. They've come into my world that I'm, that I'm creating here. Cause this is what it is. It's it's a really powerful way for authors to deliver narrative. I feel like that's one of the most, there's a lot of overlooked things about email marketing, but I think for authors specifically, there's no other place where you can actually like deliver ideas over a long period of time and shape a narrative. You can't do that on social media. You know, you can't do it on your Amazon author bio. There's no other channel that you own the data, right? And there's really high engagement and people are active. It's just, it's great for that. So yeah, I'd say don't spam people, treat them with a lot of respect. I always say every time you send an email, 
educate, inspire, or entertain. If you're not doing one of those three things every time you send an email, take a good, long, hard look at yourself and, <laughs> and send an email that is going to do one of those things. It's funny that you say that because we always talk about those three things with regards to books is that okay. people read for those reasons. People read books for those reasons. So if you're not educating, entertaining, or inspiring somebody, you're not going to have a book that does very well. And there's a lot of um, authors that we found that it takes time to get used to understanding how to deliver a narrative in that way. Because generally speaking, most people think of themselves and they think about what they want to say. And it's a, we call it a, it's a great first draft because it's all self-focused. So it's shifting the narrative away from yourself into the mind of who's reading it. Why are they reading it? Why do they want to be here? Why, why am I the person to deliver that? But so if you have a book that's, um, you know, someone's on your email list and you're creating this value. So let's assume that you know how to create the value. You're educating people or entertaining or inspiring and you're regular about your delivery. I would say, is that something you recommend as a key delivering emails on a schedule, not spamming them, but so people understand that your emails are going to show up every so often. What's the, what's the number of emails you should be sending, let's say per month? Yeah, that's a good question. And like all of these things, it does depend. <laughs> um, I'd say for authors, you know, less can be more. So look, just to keep it easy for yourself, because I know a lot of authors are, you know, trying to do everything themselves. If you could commit to sending two emails a month, whether that's a newsletter or a responder sequence you've set up that drips them out twice a month, that's enough to touch base with the audience, let them know that you're there. And you know, that it can actually be more effective than sending five emails a week because if those two emails that you're sending each month are really insightful, really valuable, and people get a lot out of them, they will look forward to opening those emails, right? And that's exactly the type of thing that you want to set up. So, I mean, at an early stage, we're talking beginning here, the thing that you really want to focus on in the beginning is um, increasing your engagement. Right. So engagement's a bit of an umbrella term in uh, email marketing, and it's becoming uh, harder to measure <laughs> with all of the changes in analytics that are coming out these days. It used to be like your open rate or your click-through rate on each email that you send, right? So um, I think there's like an industry-wide average open rate of like 14%, which is abysmal. You should be aiming for a lot more than that. <laughs> And I, look, I guarantee if you're doing one of those three things every time you send an email and you're not over spamming people, you're not sending too frequently that it exhausts people, let's just say you send an email I don't know, every week or twice a week to answer your original question. This is a nice place to start. And you're making sure that you're progressing the series of ideas that you're showing to people. So exactly like what you were saying before about putting on that writer hat when they're writing the book and they need to do that reader edit, the essential <laughs> readerly edit, um, that same thing should apply to the email sequence you built. So go away as if you're writing another short book, right? It's mm -hmm. it's the exact same thing, um, except it's a more personal conversation, even again, than the book, you know, because it's one-on-one, -on -one, you're coming into their inbox and you're really talking to them one-on-one. -on -one. So... Would you recommend, and I know that 
I've done it both ways before. I know authors who have done it both ways. And I've had, you know, an author business. I was a life coach prior to having a publishing company. And I've used programs from as simple as MailChimp all the way up to Infusionsoft and a few things in between. And there's various levels of automation that are available in depending on what platform you're using. Do you have a preferred platform that you suggest? And do you suggest that authors write in a more organic way based on where they are at the time and sending that to their whole list? Or do you suggest authors focus on setting up an automated sequence that drips out over time from the moment, you know, maybe a reader discovers them, gets their book, and then gets onto the list? Is there, a, is there a preferred way one over the other? Is there a both and? What's your opinion? Okay, two big questions there. <laughs> I know, I'm one. sorry. It's a big topic <laughs> we're talking about. And I have so many more ping pong balls going around in my brain. I'm trying to keep it simple. Uh, welcome to my brain. That's fine. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, so, I mean, the first question, the email marketing service, right? Choosing that. I, I typically break it down into there's three tiers. So the first tier is like your really entry-level stuff. So let's put MailChimp in there. They have like 60% market share for a good reason. Really easy to get up and running with them. And they have some basic features, easy to use. The second tier is more like intermediate level. And it depends on what market experience there's solutions for. Shopify e-commerce owners, there's um, solutions for SaaS owners, right? There's... It's like the long tail of solutions. And then the third tier is like uh, enterprise solutions, which for our conversation won't be relevant. I re always recommend to people you should be looking in that second tier because it's going to give you that room for growth. They're often um, just as expensive, if not cheaper, than some of those entry-level offers, but they have a lot more features. And those two features you want to be really looking for is the ability to segment your audience and search in your database um, in a really granular level. So it's going to be essential to doing all the cool stuff like segmentation, which answers the second part of your question. And um, just like a really robust automation builder. And those two things will typically go hand in hand. So that's answering that question very quickly. But the second part of your question, while it's still fresh in my mind, about how to how to structure the communication when someone joins your list, right? So yeah, the the answer broadly to that is segmentation. Like you want to make sure that people are getting the right message at the right time. So a big buzzword in email marketing is personalization. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about that. What is that? I'm not a big fan of buzzwords personally. Personalization, when you break it down, is really timing and relevance. So if you're sending a message with really good timing and it's really relevant to someone, then that's personalized, right? And it goes a lot a lot further beyond just personalizing the name in the beginning of the message. So, so me saying, hey, April, and then just sending the same message to everyone. That's not personalization. I mean, some people might call it that. Personalization is segmenting your audience into different groups based on uh, what I like to call the stage of awareness. That's a big one and a really good place for people to start. Or their interests. It's another good way to segment people. Um, or if you are an author with multiple books, which book they've bought, because that's going to be, in some cases, it could be a completely separate market. I've worked with authors before where we've segmented their list into two or three different groups because there's three books that they wrote were quite different audiences, right? And you're going to need to make that segmentation. If you just send the same email to everyone, then that's going to reflect in your engagement rates. Mm -hmm. And 
yeah, and the value that you're delivering to subscribers. And going back to that original thing, you won't be sending value in every email, you know, because mm-hmm. it's not a personalized, timely, relevant message. It's very email marketing to me. The concept is very simple, right? Someone says yes to your offer online, whether that's a free download of something or they bought something on your site, whatever way they got to your list. But when we start talking about segmenting people, I think the level of understanding for most is fairly narrow. So I'd love for you to expand a little more on what you mean by segmenting and how someone who maybe is a little, I'll just call it gun shy with email marketing would even consider segmenting. What would that look like for them? Yeah, you're right. This is where we lose people. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking, uh, you know, if you're driving your car right now and you're thinking like, I'm on the wrong podcast, I need to like (laughs) hop over somewhere else, stick around. We promise we will iron out all the kinks here because it's very (laughs) important. I mean, this is the thing is that it does make your life easier, but it's like building a house. It's figuring out what goes where and then building it. And I know you talk a lot about growing, you know, your background has to do with horticulture. Is that right? (laughs) Agriculture? Something with plants? <laughs> ecology, yeah. So I was ecology, gonna, I was, okay. I was about to jump on that house <laughs> analogy that you gave. Yeah, I, I say it's like growing an ecosystem, right? You need to start with the basic building blocks and then grow yes. it from there. So <laughs> well, I was starting with the building. I was like, no, wait, I know he talks about plants and stuff, so I should try to talk about plants, but I don't really know a lot about plants. Like I actually planted some flowers the other day. I'm surprised they're still alive, which is awesome. But I think it's because our landscaping, you know, has sprinklers that go on at night. So, um, yay me, but I need to to segment your list. Okay. Because I think that, that, you know, I, I, the concept, right. For example, if you're an author and you have two books and the two books are, let's just call it book a and book B to make it simple. So if people Mm -hmm. bought book a, and you know they didn't buy book B, then you'd want them to be segmented in a way so that they got awareness about book B, right? Mm -hmm. And the converse, the opposite would be true. If they bought book B, you would want them them to become aware of book A. So segmenting Mm -hmm. is really as simple as the system, when it's set up, will let you know based on their contact that click, they got A or they got B and then it goes through the filter of that system. Correct. Is that my understanding? Yes. So, but for someone to be able to technically do that, you know, conceptually, it makes sense. It's like, okay, everybody who likes apples, you're going on this part of the segment, everyone who likes oranges, you're on that part. Um, But how do you build that? Or is that something that you recommend someone hire somebody like you or, an email marketing specialist to get them up and running with segmenting? Um, I wouldn't hire someone like me to do that. 
it's pr- well, pretty well not you too. specifically i know but you're no. <laughs> you're he's like in the phd level of email marketing okay if there was such a thing but you know how would someone hire like their high school intern <laughs> to do no, like their email yeah, yeah. segmenting <laughs> the only reason i say that is because it is it is pretty straightforward so the reason the way that you would do that and we spoke about the different levels of email marketing service before they'll all let you do that even your really basic stuff and the way that they do it is through either a tag or a custom field they might have a different name for it but basically it allows you to you know literally just add a tag that describes different people so say i've got two books and you come in to my email list through book a i'm i'll just give you a tag when you opt in through that form it says book a and now i go to april's profile in my email marketing system and you'll have the tag book a so what i can do then is i can say okay well everyone with the tag book a maybe there's 1500 5000 people that also have this tag book a that's going to determine what messaging they receive. So I can have an automation that's maybe got, I don't know, five or 10 emails in it. And that is triggered when someone is gets the tag book A added, right? So that's one way you could do it. And then you could do the same thing for book B, triggers a different sequence. So this is your segmentation and how it relates to automation. Is that a good explanation? That's perfect. And there's a lot of words that end with T-I-O-N. <laughs> in a row <laughs> segmentation automation and i don't know something else it was very very eloquent and you know it's funny because i think that it the when you said it's very simple i agree with you like i've i've worked around email marketing for a long time i'm definitely nowhere as sophisticated as anywhere near what you do but we work with a lot of authors who are literally just getting their social media up and running, or they're just starting their brand. They're just writing their book that's launching, you know, this particular part of their business. And so it's starting everything from scratch. So it's, it can be, it can feel very overwhelming because not only do you have this new baby book that you need to now tend to and start promoting, you've also got Mm -hmm. like the technology of social media that you're trying to kind of muster through and making you know, either hiring out or making designs on Canva or whatever. And then you're also trying to set up your email marketing. So with all of those various pieces, it can feel quite a bit overwhelming. So if you're listening to this right now and you're like, oh my God, this just seems like so hard. The Mm. good news is, is that a lot of the effort in email marketing, it's like setting up for a party or getting ready, right? So Mm. you get things set up and you think things through one time, and then once it's set up, it runs for you. It's like you're building a little machine for yourself. Would you say that's a fair Absolutely. statement? Absolutely, yeah. And I I think that's the more powerful way to think about it, and especially for um, authors who have quite a few other things to think about. That Some of the advice that goes around is like, uh, send a newsletter every week, right? I'm sure a lot of people have heard that before. That can be great. And like you said before, like should you should you send people in a sequence or should you send a newsletter that's more time that's more based on things that are happening in your life right now or more related to current events? Look, newsletters are great for a lot of reasons without getting into it. But I I feel like if you can, I don't know, carve out a week to build out some basic email automation stuff, 
then you've got a system where you know reliably every time someone opts in, it's just going to send them that same thing and you don't have to think about it anymore. You can just look at it, the metrics for it, see how it's performing. Exactly like you said, it's like tinkering with a machine or as I'd say, it's like growing an ecosystem. But Yes. <laughs> so <laughs> now I, I don't know if I'm going to get too far off the beaten path here with this question. And if so, please feel free to guide me back to the trail. Um, but one of the things that I feel are, you know, often struggles for authors is how do I get people on my list? Mm. Because you could build a beautiful system. You could have the perfect segmented system. Let's say you have three books, A, B, and C, and you build this whole thing out and then you have barely anybody opting in. What would somebody, what would you say they're likely missing or doing wrong in that case that they could fix so that they could start to see some traction and some people, you know, their lists start to grow. Cause it's frustrating to feel like you have some things set up, but then, you know, it's like the, the saying, if you build it, they will come, but you realize mm. that's not actually really true. I won't. <laughs> this question always gets me up on my soapbox. Um, yeah. You need to be doing everything you can to build your email list. As an author, it's your most valuable asset by far. Like if you've got, I don't know, 500,000 people follow you on Instagram or Twitter, that's great. But those platforms can be taken away from you at a moment's mm -hmm. notice, right? It's platform risk. You don't actually own the audience. And more importantly, you don't own the data. So before we were talking about adding those tags to people, describing the meanings of where they've come from or, you know, when you get more advanced with it, even the actions that they take. So then if, if you send an email to someone, they go back to your site and they read three different blog posts, you can give them tags as blog posts, right? So you're building up a database of meaningful actions and you can use that data to like in, increase the relevance of the conversation you're having. So to answer your question, how do you actually build the list? I say, can, Flip your perspective. The, the purpose of your website is to get email subscribers. So nothing else. It's not really about you. It's not about like your story or anything like that. If someone comes to your website, um, it's number one job should be get the email address. And you mentioned something about a free chapter. I think that's a great place. If you go on my site now, I've got a free chapter because I haven't, I haven't cut my book only came out recently. I haven't come up with a better idea for <laughs> this is an email marketing guy for how to get people on my list. It's a great place to start. Like the conversion rates will be pretty good. And the conversion rate that you'll be want to be looking at is called traffic to subscriber conversion. So I say like all the top level marketing efforts you make should be all about getting people back onto your site and then increasing that traffic to subscriber conversion metric. So if you have um, if you have a hundred people come to your site and ten of them opt in, that's ten percent TSC. I'd call it. So I think something the industry average TSC across all industries is something abysmal, like one point nine five percent. So with those same numbers, you'd be adding like two subscribers, which is a huge waste of time. So think about <laughs> it this way. Um, you can either double your traffic very hard or you can double your TSC, which is relatively easy. So I, I recommend authors put a lot of thought into what offer they're giving people like to join their list 
And that's probably the easiest way to grow your list, right? That's the best lever you have for that. So the free chapters, they typically, like, they're a good place to start if you don't have a better idea. That's like, you get between 5 and 10% TSC for that for most people. But if you have something that's much more valuable, something that actually helps them implement something from the book or it really solves a pain point for your readers um, beyond what the book does, that's when you're going to see those really high level TSCs, which are in the 15 to 25% range. Um, and they can be done. So for example, in my book, if you just go to my site normally, you'll get the free chapters if you're like a cold traffic. But if you've read and my book- And tell them what your and- site is so they know where to go to get it. Yeah, yeah. So naturalordersbook.com. Okay, yeah, naturalordersbook.com. Yeah. So make sure you go there. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, but yes, if you actually, for those who uh, purchase my book, for example, on Amazon, and a lot of authors do this, throughout the book, uh, there will be a tool in there that helps you plan out these tags that we were talking about earlier. And this is like a really valuable spreadsheet. I've had people say, wow, this really helped me plan out these tags in a way that I wouldn't have thought to do before, right? And the traffic to subscriber conversion for that opt-in, because they're a little bit warmer and they actually have something that'll help them implement the stuff that they've read about, um, I think that for me converts at about 20%, which is a lot more than your industry average 1.95%. Mm-hmm. So another way you can do this if you're an author is if you have a if you have a blog post, and this is often the case, and say you're getting organic traffic going to that blog post, the way it'll typically be distributed is like 20% of the pages on your site get like 80% of the traffic. So go to those top two or three pages that are getting most of your traffic and then look at what they're about. If they're a blog post that is like um, how April in your case, maybe it's something like, uh, how to get started writing a book, right? Then a great opt-in that you might do for that is, a, I don't know, a planning system for how to actually get started writing a book, you know, and make it a really valuable thing. Put as much effort into building that opt-in incentive as mm-hmm. you did writing that blog post or that chapter of the book, right? And then you don't want to disappoint people. So if I give you my email address in exchange for that, I should receive that thing and think, wow, this is really, really valuable. Go above and beyond. Like I also give away a free, like a, a free video course, you know, like the professionally made video course. Um, it's got like eight parts to it. So it's just about like over-delivering on expectations. And that's the best way to build your email list to cut a long story short. Yeah, yeah. So making sure that you have something valuable that people will opt in for and mm-hmm. uh, over delivering. And, oh, you know, yeah. there's lots of ways to, to drive traffic, your traffic. And that's what social media, I would say, for those who are newer on social media, um, I've heard a saying, which I think is a great way to think about social media is be a content producer and not a content consumer, because it seems like you go on social media and scroll and scroll and scroll, you know, that people get lost in that world where if mm-hmm. you're not delivering some sort of content, then you're the one who is getting content delivered to them. So be valuable on social media and let people get to your website through some of those means paid ads work. Well, what other things have you found for driving traffic that work well for you? Or driving traffic. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, I, I do Amazon ads. I feel like use, 
I think about it in terms of platforms, right? So what platforms are you present on and what mm-hmm. platforms can you most easily peel away traffic to come onto your own email list? Yeah. That's it's really the way I think about it. I mean, they call them the walled gardens for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to build your own walled garden to extend the ecosystem analogy mm-hmm. and you want to get people from some other platform onto your own. So typical advice for startups and that is to focus on one channel and really own it. So if you've got, I mentioned before, an Instagram following, say you know your audience is on Instagram, just put your head down and focus on Instagram, master that, and then peel away as many people as possible onto your own email list. And that'll be your insurance policy for when inevitably that platform goes away or kicks Mm -hmm. you off or policy updates change or something, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, For me, a big one at the moment is Amazon ads. Amazon mm-hmm. ads are working pretty well for me because this is a this is an underrated channel for authors because mm-hmm. I think Amazon's the second biggest search engine after Google. Mm-hmm. So if you optimize your book for placement in Amazon and you're selling a decent number of copies, I mean, I look at my impressions that I get on my Amazon ads, it's thousands and thousands a day of my book, right? That's far better post reach than I would ever get on any social media platform, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think like... I don't know what the stats are now, but the average post reach for Facebook is abysmal. And yeah. I think this is true for a lot of other platforms, the diminishing returns. So you really focus on one, put your head down. Yeah, absolutely. Like what you said, provide value for people all the time. There's no point being on social media if you're scrolling. You're going to be posting and right. you've got to have a view to get them back to your site and to convert them, get them on your list. So, so I want to kind of bring it full circle here, if I can, because it seems like... Um, of course, we can all agree how valuable email marketing is. And when you can see that, oh my gosh, it's almost like having another employee or an assistant that if you can build it the right way, it's going to be working for you 24-7, sending mm. out the emails that you already told it you wanted to send on a certain time sequence and to the right people at the right time. But if you're an author and you have just one book, and this is one thing we talk to our authors about a lot is the ecosystem of your book. Because your book leads to other things. And so how do you really make your email marketing profitable when you're starting with an opt-in or a book? What are some of the logical ways that people can monetize this email list? What are some of the things you've done or that you would recommend? I'll call it low-hanging fruit, some simple ideas that uh, people could kind of use, you know, authors could use to... um, Give more, give more value to people that are on their list, but also monetize it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is really what, what the value of email is all about, right? Um, it, it depends on what industry and what your book is about, but let's just say typical author business looks something like you have your content that people subscribe to your list for. The first thing you'll probably sell them is the book. Um, this is sometimes called in customer value optimization, a tripwire. So it's like a, a low price product that you're first offering people that gets people over the edge, gets that first initial conversion. From them, you'll want to from there you'll want to lead them into a core offer. So what what does a core offer look like for you as an author? It's a question you have to really think about. For a lot of people, this is um, courses, digital online courses. It seems to work pretty well. Maybe it's group coaching. Maybe it's something else, right? Um, Some sort of training, workshops. Um, Think about a way to expand 
on the value that you've spoken about in your book, a way of repurposing that knowledge that you have and then delivering it to your audience at scale and at a way that's worth a lot more than to them than the way it is presented in the book. That's going to be your core offer. And from there is the, they sometimes call profit maximizer. So something from there for those really dedicated fans. Um, if you have all three of those things and people are going to sort themselves naturally into, um, you know, your most profitable subscribers, your most profitable customers and your least profitable, right? You might have 80% of people only ever buy the book and never go any further than that. But then 20% of people might buy that core offer and then 20% of those people might end up buying that profit maximizer. So you're going to have a distribution, a, a Pareto 80-20 distribution or something like it, where uh, you're where you have a significant lifetime value for a small portion of your list. Now, the question is, that's the end result, right? But how do you actually get there? <laughs> this mm -hmm. is the big question, mm -hmm. right? This right. is what I specialize in. So I said before, you don't ever want to annoy people. You don't want to be sending spam. So a lot of people, they, they have this broad idea of customer value optimization and turning their subscribers into buyers. And the way sometimes people go about doing that is, someone will join their list and then immediately hit them with an offer for your course or your workshop or your group coaching, whatever that looks like for you. That's absolutely the wrong way to go about it. Mm -hmm. And a really, a really powerful method that I think works really well for a lot of authors is something that I talk about in my book. It's called, I call it the awareness automation. So we spoke about segmentation before and we're going to get into a little bit of meat here <laughs> in terms of how email strategy works. But we talked about the way that you can tag people when they come onto your list. So typically if someone's read a blog post or they've read something on social media and they've come to your site and they've subscribed to your list, they're what I would call problem aware. And there's five stages of awareness, right? So there's unaware, there's problem aware, there's solution aware, there's product aware and there's most aware. So a problem aware person, they're aware that they have problem, but they're not sure how to solve it. A solution aware person knows that there are solutions out there, but they don't know which solution is right for them. A product aware person knows that there is a product that will help them solve that problem. And a most aware person is actively assessing your product, right? So what you want to do with your email marketing strategy is progress people through those stages of awareness. And the beauty of segmenting people into these different discrete stages of awareness is you can make sure they're actually sending value at every single stage. So April, say you came onto my list and you wanted to learn more about email marketing, right? And you are problem aware. So you know vaguely that you need to do more with email. My communication that I'll send to you on my email list will be kind of all the stuff we've been talking about on this podcast, all the different things you can do with email, like some of the basic beginner stuff. And then from there, if you've engaged with all those emails and I know you're interested and I can literally just look if you've opened emails or clicked on emails, read blog posts that I've sent you um, that I've sent respectfully and not too many yeah. at a time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I can then use that. I can then add a tag, as we were talking about before, that says, okay, it's maybe April is solution aware. And then what that can do is that can trigger a solution aware sequence, take you out of the problem aware sequence, put you into the solution aware sequence. 
And then the communication might be a little bit different. Instead of mm-hmm. talking about high-level email marketing concept, concepts, we might start talking about, okay, how do we actually get started building this stuff? Mm-hmm. From there, we can start introducing, if you're interested in that, then we can graduate you possibly to product aware. And that's when you're going to start introducing your products. That's where I might say, hey, I have a book, you know, uh, or I have a course where you can learn more about this. And by dividing people into these different buckets, you're actually, you're never spamming. You're always providing value because these people have self-selected as being interested in each different stage and your engagement rates are going to be really good. And more than that, your conversions are going to be mm-hmm. much better than would have been otherwise. Mm-hmm. It's so, so exciting to know that that there is a machine that can be built and that when it's built properly, it can be an asset to your business and help it grow. So I think the bottom line with all of this, for those of you who are listening and you're like, oh my God, I set up a MailChimp like five years ago and I've never logged in since then. Or, you know, I have my free chapter going, but I don't even know who who's opted in. You know, there are stages. You don't have to eat the elephant in one bite. It's little stages mm. along the way. And so the first step is just log into your email marketing system if you haven't done so in a while or get get Matt's book and learn about auto email automation. And the link to the book is going to be in the, um, the uh, show description, but it's called natural orders, email marketing automation strategy for small online business. And, uh, I think it's great that you've provided so much value in your book, in the opt-in, which is there. If you get the Kindle version, it links right through to, to the opt-in as well. And his free, free course, which, um, he also mentioned, and it's just knowing that being in business for yourself as an author, you are in business for yourself. And so learning Mm. some of the skills of running your small business, because it's a book business. If you want to grow it, you got to learn some of these skills of, of having an online business and email, email marketing is a really important skill. And just know there are people out there to help you. There are books that can help you courses that can help you experts here like Matt, who can help you. Um, And for those who have, uh, little time, but a lot of money, you can hire people to help you. And I always say, if you have a lot of time and a little money, then you can teach yourself. <laughs> and that's sort of the way the triangle always works, right? Is like you either, <laughs> and if you have a lot of time and a lot of money, then, you know, go on a vacation. <laughs> so <laughs> let's just uh, wrap this up here. And what's the best way for people to get in touch with you, Matt, and to follow you and get on your email list and start learning about all of this? Where would be that first um, step for them to get into learning more about email automation? Yeah. So that same site that I mentioned earlier, that's naturalordersbook.com. I think if you go there. Naturalordersbook.com. Perfect. That's it. And that'll have information about the book itself, but that'll also just be my website. So if you click the little home button in the top left, it'll take you to the home and it'll be all about me and what I do. And I've got thousands of words of articles and stuff on the site and ways, opt-ins and stuff, resources to help you get started. But probably the the easiest overview and the, the reason I wrote the book is to, yeah, help people answer this question of, look, what do I, what is this email thing? How do I get started? And what does advanced email look like? What what should I be aiming for with this, right? Um, what's it, if I invest time in setting this thing up, what 
does the end result look like ideally? So that's what it's designed to answer. And yep, if you go to naturalordersbook.com. I love it. And you know what? I think that one key point that you made that I just want to bring back around to sort of hit it home is that while it's great to build your Instagram following or it's great to build your Facebook page or wherever you're engaging with people who are your readers, you don't own those platforms. Those platforms can go away overnight. And I know people have grown large YouTube you know, channels that got banned for one reason or another and overnight they lost their entire business. And so when you focus on building things on your own platform, on your own website, in your own email list, those are contacts that can never be taken away from you and a community that you can build that you know will last. Um, and I think that's a real exciting thing because when you're spending time to build a business, uh, you want to build it on a firm foundation. And I think that's uh, really the key because uh, I can't imagine how devastating it would feel to have spent years and years and hours and thousands of dollars to have it all be taken away because I hadn't thought that you know, Instagram was going to disappear or YouTube Oof. was going to block me or something like that. And the truth is it happens. And I know people it's happened to, um, and it's being a responsible business owner. That's mm -hmm. what I'll, I'll boil it down to that. So thank you for being part of the show today. It's been amazing talking to you, you clearly have so much knowledge about email marketing. I hope people go to natural orders book, uh, and grab your book get to your website and uh, learn more about email marketing because being an author is great. It's amazing to have a book, but it's also even more amazing when you can build a business from your book and know that people are reading it and you are also profiting from it. So this is one piece of the puzzle. We hope that today this was a valuable conversation to you. Stay tuned and we will wrap it up and be sure to check the show notes to get over to Matt's website. Thanks, April. This has been great. Was that a great episode or what? My mind is left spinning and thinking about all the ways that I can start to build my email list and automate things, have conversations with my readers and encourage them to be part of my community. I hope you feel that way as well. For more about Matt, be sure to pick up his book, Natural Orders, and you can go to his website, Symbios Growth Automation, that's S-Y-M, BIOSgrowthautomation.com, where you can get three free chapters, or you can link over to where you can purchase his book online and see how he does email automation. One of the ways I find it's great to learn is to follow people who are doing what you want to learn to do and then copy what they're doing, mimic what they're doing. And so see how he has his email automation set up and copy it and customize it for yourself. So there's one special tip for you today. If you didn't get enough tips already in this episode, and be sure to hop on over to his website to pick up his book. And if you've thought about becoming an author and you are interested in all of the options available to you with various publishing companies today, you can go to o'learypublishing.com, our website, where you can take the author adventure quiz and learn more about what is available at your fingertips today in the world of independent publishing. If we can be of help to you, we would love to do that. And at the end of the quiz, you will get a special surprise from me. So I hope you'll stick around for that as well. O'LearyPublishing.com, nine simple questions to start your author journey today. 
Thank you, Matt, for being part of our show. And thank you for offering your wisdom in your book, Natural Orders, about email marketing so authors can find and grow their readership. It's an important step in growing your book business online. Have a great day, everyone. And thank you for being part of the I'm Booked podcast listenership. We appreciate you. Take care.